You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hi guys, you're very welcome along to the Week 6 review show of Overtime Ireland with me, DJ. And myself, Colm. Very exciting week, Colm, for you and your fellow Packers fans, and we'll discuss that later on in the show. <laughs> very exciting or uh, very bad for your health, whichever way you want to take it, DJ. Really, there's so much to talk about, DJ, in regards to this week's games. As always, to start the show, a shout-out to our friends at Last Word on Sport. Do check them out online. It's lastwordonsports.com. They have you covered for all sports. Check out all the latest NFL news up there. You can check out your basketball, NBA, etc., MLB, whatever you want to check out, be sure and check it out there on Last Word on Sport. They are online as well on Twitter at Last Word on Sport as their Twitter handle as well. So be sure and check them out, give them a follow, doing a great job helping us spread the word of Overtime Ireland. So as always, thank you to Last Word on Sport. Our site DJ is going from strength to strength at the moment, OvertimeIreland.com. We're on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and you can obviously find us wherever you're listening to us right now or you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, on the website, tune in, wherever you want to go. Find all the ways to listen to us on OvertimeIreland.com. Lots of writers putting up some great pieces up there at the moment, so do check them out. Interested in writing for us, OvertimeIreland at gmail.com is the contact. We're always looking to give a platform to anyone interested in writing about the NFL, so if you're interested, do get in touch. DJ, lots of stuff to talk about, including all the weekend's action and all the happenings off the game, so I guess we'll get into that now in the weekend recap. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Yeah, Colin, we'll start the Week 6 recap with what I would consider a shock. The Dallas Cowboys 30-23 win against the Seattle Seahawks, Colin. This one I thought the Seahawks would probably win narrowly, but touchdown victory for the Cowboys here. Yeah, DJ, a good one here for the Dallas Cowboys. As you mentioned, uh, kind of a shock. The biggest shock is that not many people get results up in the CenturyLink Stadium against the Seattle Seahawks. They are incredibly strong at home. 12th man as well, known. Strong home field advantage. And the Cowboys, did you remember the game I was at? Uh, the San Diego Chargers bet the Seahawks, the previous loss that the Seahawks had this season. And what they done was they ran the ball constantly throughout that game, kept the running backs getting the ball, kept the offense off the Seattle Seahawks off the field, tried to keep wearing down the uh, defense of the Seahawks. And we've seen that in this game. DeMarco Murray running a lot with the ball, Randall running a lot with the ball, kept running, moving the chains, moving the chains and wearing down the Seahawks' defence. But the the big thing in this, there was a lot of turnovers in this game for the for the Cowboys in particular, so it's amazing that they still managed to battle on and get the result here. Tony Romo, a number of big plays, one to Terrence Williams in particular, who got his toes down just as he was about to go out of bounds, a fantastic catch on a third down, I think it was, and you know, real pressure on Tony Romo, very similar to the play we seen last week when he went to Williams, when J.J. Watt was about to sack him, moved out from under the pressure, moved uh, in through his progressions and found Williams for a touchdown that time, found him this time to convert in third down, I think it might have been something like a third and 18 or something like that, uh, a great, great play by Romo, but they really quietened down the crowd, and the crowd, the Seahawks started off well, they had a blocked punt, which led to a touchdown, but on offense, they didn't do a whole wide pile in this game, and the Cowboys done just enough to get the win, but, you know, you have to talk about each of the offensive line, the Cowboys in particular, really dominating up front, moving the Seattle Seahawks defensive line all over the place, giving room to DeMarco Murray to rush the ball at will, but amazing here, DJ, that uh, Murray's still running the ball constantly for them. I know you stick with what's doing so good for you, but at some stage you have to think that it's going to catch up with Murray and an injury has to happen sooner or later. Just through 
you know, the hits that he's taken over and over again. He's also on pace for 425 carries this season. So, you know, they have to keep him fresh. So I think they're going to have to tone that down a little bit. But this year was a fantastic win for them. They're really in for a chance in that division in particular. And uh, we'll talk about the other teams in that division later on in the show. But they're really, really uh, impressing me. I wasn't expecting a lot from them this year. And the UK Cowboys fans have been constantly telling us throughout the season that, you know, there's more there than meets the eye and you know Sean Lee went down in the offseason we thought that it was really a death nail in the defensive coffin but you know McLean has come in we talked about him DJ and all his retirements uh, this offseason and in past shows and he's come in and he's really really playing well for them so lots of pieces there maybe the the some of the parts is better than the you know when they add them all together is better than the individual talent but the Cowboys at the moment don't care and a massive massive win against the Super Bowl champions at the moment and uh have to say congratulations to all the Cowboys fans. This has to be has to be a massive uh, buzz for you after this game. Colin, big result for the Cleveland Browns, 31-10 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben rolled into Cleveland with an 18-1 record against the Cleveland Browns. That's now 18-2. Cleveland lost 27-3 in the opener of the season to Pittsburgh, and the Browns have since outscored the Steelers 55-13. Concerning for the Steelers, Colin? Has to be concerning, DJ, from the point. I, I, I thought the Steelers would win this game. And, you know, they've looked really impressive in some games, but big games here all around, and particularly Ben Tate, who's coming back off an injury and uh, had a very, very good game here, a number of touchdowns. Jordan Cameron in his kind of first big game of the season had a, a nice long touchdown catch, a 51 yard touchdown. Injuries are starting to pile up, DJ, on the defence now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another injury for them in this one with the loss of defensive ender Manny Bryant who tore his ACL in this one a partial tear of his MCL too so that's the end of the season for him they've had a number of injuries over the last few weeks so I think overall DJ there's worrying signs for them on offense they're usually a lot better than they were I was impressed with the defense obviously off the off the Browns in this game good atmosphere in the stadium and you know the Browns haven't had a lot to be too impressed with or too happy with with their with their team over the last number of years but but a positivity has to be going around there in Cleveland at the moment. And, uh, you know, we thought it, we'd all have seen Johnny Manziel at this stage. But Brian Hoyer's doing a, a job. He's game manager, keeps it, keeps it going. He's doing just enough to, to get them going. But between the between the whole team, defense, running back, so on and so forth, they're doing just enough to, to keep it going. And it'll be interesting to see when Josh Gordon comes back, how they keep going, if they're still on a good wee run. But I have to say, uh, it's nice to see the Browns doing quite well. And Simon Parkinson there's a big Browns fan in the UK and he, he listens into the show and part of the Dundee NFL podcast as well so I'm sure uh, he, had a, he had a nice weekend watching this one but a lot of Steelers fans there will be some things to worry about they don't often lose to the Cleveland Browns and uh, have to say I wasn't expecting the Browns to come out on top in this one but but they did and congratulations to them. Colin what the Browns doing so well with Brian Hoyer at quarterback is there any real prospect of Johnny Football not starting before the end of the season? I, I don't think these are going to see him this season now with the way Brian Hoyer has played, unless there's an injury. I think Hoyer's done enough to, to keep the job. Played last year, only had a handful of games before his injury. And, you know, I thought, you know, he hadn't done enough there in the starting job. But he's come in now and he, he hasn't made all that many mistakes overall. He's managing the game quite well and he's helping the team win. When this team has a winning record, DJ, there's no need to change what's working for them. So at this moment in time, DJ, I don't see uh, Johnny getting too many snaps as a quarterback this year. Carson Palmer was back in the pocket for the Arizona Cardinals this week, Colin, getting a 30-20 victory against the Washington Redskins. And Kirk Cousins continued to maybe convince people that he could be colorblind with another (laughs) three interceptions thrown in this game following the four picks against the Giants. 
Yeah, I was about to say, DJ, I thought you were going to say they've convinced that he could start ahead of RG3 when he comes back, and uh, I was about to about to cut you down on that, but uh, possibly, it could be possibly colourblind, but uh, I've seen in this game, he's doing enough, DJ, that he impresses you almost, that you think that he's good enough to be playing every week for the team and that he is the best quarterback they have, but then he does just some really, really forces the ball and a lot of picks, a lot of turnovers in this game for them, in particular in the fourth quarter. They still had a chance to win it, lost in the end by 10 points after a pick six by him in the fourth quarter. But uh, him and Deshaun Jackson were playing really well at the start of the game, a lot of stuff going good between the two of them, but just uh, forcing stuff towards the end. It was good here, though, for the for the Cardinals to see Carson Palmer back at quarterback for them and a lot of encouraging signs. Obviously, his shoulder will take a little bit of time to get that nerve. You know, it can go on and off, so it's it's not guaranteed that he's going to be playing week in, week out for them, but you know, he's throwing the ball quite well, still had quite a bit of power. You know, he's often known for strong arms, so quite a bit of power in that and his throws and throwing for five point seven yards per attempt, which isn't huge, but you know, he's he's just coming back off that injury, obviously. So help the team get the win here. A lot of injuries for them on defence and that obviously didn't help, but uh, a big one here, Larry Fitzgerald having kinda his first big game of the season, catching a touchdown in this game for twenty four yards. So overall positive signs for the Cardinals and you know, they have players to come back from injury, the likes of Clayus Campbell, who'll be out for another few weeks, but big win for them and they're uh, you know, they're you know, with the Seahawks losing and so on, we're gonna see how they how they ramp up the pressure in this division and just missed out in the playoffs last year. They're gonna be hoping they'll be playoff bound this season. Um the next game's the one that you'll want to talk about most and probably the one that raised your blood pressure the most, and that was the Green Bay Packers twenty seven twenty four victory against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, DJ, I have to say, uh, I'll have to admit, I'm sure a lot of people would probably expect it to, but when Rodgers connected with that uh, touchdown pass at the end, I jumped out of my seat in the sitting room and made quite a bit of noise. It was, <laughs> I was watching the game, and you know, it seemed like it was going all nice and rosy in the first half, looked comfortable, happy enough with how things were going. Ryan Tannehill wasn't playing too good in that first half, and then coming into the second half, you know, Tannehill, first three drives, leads them down for three touchdowns, 21 points extra for the Dolphins on the board, and the Packers looked to be in a bit of trouble, weren't getting much going on offense. They were getting gashed on defense with the ball being run. It was a really hot day. Just didn't look good for them. And then they had a fourth down in the fourth quarter, went for it, converted it. But then they went on further down and, you know, they got held up again. And instead of going for it in fourth down again, they took the field goal. They thought, you know, they mightn't have got the ball back at all, DJ, in this game, you know, taking the field goal. If the Dolphins moved the ball, which they did, getting two first downs, that you mightn't get the ball back at all. And fortunately for the Packers they did make the stop got the ball back and Rodgers marched them down the field had another fourth down conversion there was a ball fumbled by Rodgers which I think it was uh, Lang TJ Lang got the uh, fumble recovery went uh, then for it on the fourth down after that converted it and then as we've seen went down the field and with three seconds left connected with the touchdown and have to say DJ uh, I know I'm obviously going to talk up Aaron Rodgers but uh, in particular a lot of people talking today and you know people were talking after the first two games if he was you know slipping up a little bit the offense wasn't going too good but definitely definitely back to uh, the level we all expected from playing tremendous tremendous football and that their last uh, drive in particular you just have to watch that and you have to sit there and admire but uh, another bad news DJ stuff I'm worried about going forward is Tremont Williams got injured in this ankle injury did not come back into the game Sam Shield as well hurt his knee so that was their two cornerbacks you know, obviously then I mentioned those three drives that Tannehill put up the three touchdowns. They were off the field. So worrying signs, the news isn't out yet as to regards how bad those injuries are. But we'll see. Uh, hopefully they're not too serious and we'll see them back very, very shortly on the field. But the Dolphins, DJ, bright spot for them was obviously their performance. They put up a good fight against a good team. Nearly, nearly bet the Packers. Mike Wallace 
had another nice game kind of for them and then Jarvis Landry is usually their their punt returner kick returner had a good game here for them caught a touchdown and I have to say I was impressed by his game all around and this was a game that you know I was glued to the whole way through so I have to say DJ I was impressed overall with with the Dolphins and Tannehill's first half and second half kind of Jekyll and Hyde performance with the second half was uh, really really positive from him yeah calm really positive performance by the Packers in the end up and it was quite exciting and it extended my chances of winning money until the Seattle Seahawks decided to cost me money so we'll not discuss that any further well if you want to talk about losing money um, I'll I'll join that queue <laughs> call him a and DJ, just sorry when we're on it, uh, before interrupting you, I know a number of our listeners and followers, we didn't get to mention it in last week's podcast because it was promoted after the time of the preview show for last week, but we had, a, we had an offer on from Paddy Power uh, for the weekend's games. It was four teams you'd pick from, or four teams accumulator. Should pay around three to one. They had it enhanced for Overtime Ireland followers. If you signed up to Paddy Power, it was enhanced to 12 to one. So you mentioned there, DJ, waiting on teams. The last team in that was the Chargers, which we're just about to talk about now. I suppose I should have waited until after we talked about them to mention it. But the Chargers won this game, DJ, 31 to 28. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people were tweeting and saying, oh, no, the Chargers are going to blow it when they were waiting on that. But a lot of people cashed in on that 12 to one offer. So thanks to anyone who got involved. Obviously, we're trying to get more promotion of the show, trying to get more people involved. So thanks to uh, anyone who did enter into that thanks to anyone who got involved and obviously congratulations on on the win over the weekend but we have more offers coming up from paddy power over over the next few weeks for the nfl and of course at the moment you can still sign up if you missed out on that one go to the right hand side of the overtimeireland.com homepage you can see there there's a link to paddy power and they'll match up to 250 euro off your first deposit in free bets so uh, plenty of offers going on there from Paddy Power but sure, be sure and go to the OvertimeIreland.com page and check that out and maybe on Friday's show we'll have another offer to promote for you but DJ I'll let you go on now to the Chargers game let's go ahead <laughs> yeah Colin 31-28 victory for the Chargers and it looked for long periods in this game that the Oakland Raiders might have been on the verge of upsetting upsetting the Chargers yeah, DJ, I have to say, really, really impressed here with Derek Carr and his performance. Uh, four touchdowns from Derek Carr. I think it's the, the first time a rookie for the Oakland Raiders has ever thrown four touchdowns in a game. His older brother, Derek, who went first pick overall to the Houston Texans a number of years back, failed to do that in his career, but I suppose that wasn't uh, much because they were just starting off that expansion franchise down in Houston. But his big mistake, DJ, in the end was, you know, they were trying to get it into field goal territory to get the to get the tie-in score to take it to overtime and obviously he threw it into deep coverage and the ball was picked off by Verrett, you know, the rookie out of San Diego and overall it's hard to really uh, put too much, you know, blame on him. He really helped the team get into the position. He put up 28 points, got those four touchdowns and overall very impressive. Uh, You have to say much, much positives for Oakland, you know, might have found a quarterback for the future here in Derek Yard but overall... uh, they had to be got up by the way the, by the way the game finished Branton Oliver looked good for the Chargers really in particular towards the end of the game and in the fourth quarter he got the the score you know that ended up winning the game for the San Diego Chargers Philip Rivers is playing on an incredible level I think he now DJ has five games in a row with a quarterback rating over 120 and I think I believe it's only the first he's the first quarterback to ever do that since they started measuring quarterback rating so Philip Rivers is on on pace uh, to have one of the all-time record seasons in the NFL very very impressive again and uh, I have to say with him at the helm there in San Diego they're going to be a, a real force to be reckoned with this year and you know I, I seen them in uh, week two was very impressed with them live in action and have to say uh, 
overall, DJ, the Chargers are going to be a real force to be contend with in that AFC. Yeah, Colum, and the first tie off the NFL season happened the Carolina Panthers against the Cincinnati Bengals. 37 all, I suppose you would say. <laughs> yeah, we're used to saying like one all, two all, or whatever for, for soccer matches, but 37 all has a little bit of a different ring to it. Last year, DJ, the Packers were involved in that tie with the Vikings, and you know, in the end, it helped them win the to win that division last year. So ties aren't the worst thing in the world. They're certainly better than losing, but obviously, you want to win the game. But this one has to feel like a loss, DJ, for the Bengals. They had that opportunity really at the very end, at literally at the very end, to to win the game here. But uh, you know, the kick the kick wasn't good, missed by Nugent, and you have to say. Um, as a kicker, you're expecting from 36 yards out to put it over. I know I heard a number of the Bengals players talking after it, not overly impressed with the attempt. But, you know, I don't know what to say about that other than he missed the kick. And I'm sure he's as disappointed as anyone that he missed it. But had the chance there to win it. It could have been a big, big win for the Bengals at home. They don't often... I mentioned DJ on the preview podcast. I think it was 11 in a, win, 11 in a row and wins they said they had at home. So draw here. We'll call it a draw rather than a tie away. Calling it a, a tie, it's uh, the Carolina Panthers here got the result. Helps them, DJ, puts them top of that division also. So, you know, it might be good for them come the end of the season. I think it's a better result, obviously, for the Panthers because they had a, a kind of stopped the tide, lost to the Bears last week. Ron Rivera, you know, there's a few a few chances here for, you know, to go on fourth down and that. And overtime in particular, some of his decision, some of the game calling, you know, wasn't overly impressive. People were talking about him last year, Riverboat Ron, you know, gambling all the time. But, he didn't gamble here, and they took the field goal, knowing that it was either going to be a draw for the team or a loss. So, I would have, I would have took the chance there and went for, uh, went for the touchdown, went for the fourth down conversion. Sorry, and uh, Cam Newton here, DJ, really, really impressive. His best game of the season by a long shot. He had two hundred eighty-four passing yards, and then he had seven carries for a hundred and seven yards. He had three touchdowns, so his best performance of the season, and uh, obviously the Bengals or the the Panthers will be hoping to see him doing this going forward. The other thing, DJ, was Andy Dalton had a had a good game here. I was impressed with his performance. You know, people give him stick a lot of the time. A lot of people would have been ready to blame him if they hadn't won this game. But I think overall, DJ, a very, very good game from Andy Dalton. And uh, just uh, a bad a bad uh, result in the end for the Bengals with a chance to win it. So I think, DJ, that's all I really have to say about that game. <laughs> AJ Green obviously missing. And word is that he's going to miss this upcoming weekend's game as well. So that's disappointing as well for, for the Bengals fans. And just for all the real stats gurus that listen into the podcast, I'm sure they'll be interested in them, that that tie was the highest scoring tie game in NFL history. Yeah, usually you'd expect a tie to be a low game, but 37 all is uh, very impressive. And doing my match nice and quickly, 74 points. Um, you know, a lot of the overs, unders in the, in the NFL betting, usually between 40 and 50 points. You might see a high one of a 55 or a low one of a 40 or a 41. But, you know, 70, 74 points is not something you often see going on in the NFL. Tennessee Titans call them with a two-point victory over Jacksonville in Week 6, 16-14. Jaguars had a chance late on to win the game and get their first win off the season. The field goal was blocked, and I'm sure Stevie Highland, who listens into the show, was very disappointed. Yeah, did you has to be a real cutting one here for for the Jaguars? Did a chance to tie it up. Another game, DJ, in which you know Blake Bortles as a rookie done some very nice things, done some things that he'll probably when he sees them on film today won't uh, won't be too pleased with. But 
you know, the, they they can take heart. Um, you have you have made eleven completions in his first twelve passes, and he, you know he's getting spreading it around. He had seven different targets at that point in the game. He helped him get twenty seven first downs, which isn't something DJ, that they have uh, on a regular basis. So overall, you can take some positives. They were there right into the better end, but you know it's about wins and losses. And I have to say, DJ questioning Gus Bradley's play call a number of times in this game. People have I and me in particular as well. I've said you know I like what he's doing there and. I, but they can't keep losing games. They can't keep losing every single game. And I mentioned as well, these are the Oakland Raiders taking positives. I believe that there was their 11th loss in a row. So, you know, you, it's, I know they changed their manager, but there's only so long you can go with these, you know, losses, losses, losses. The Tennessee Titans aren't looking great, and they obviously got a win here. Charlie Whitehorse at quarterback. Jake Locker's still out. So a very, very narrow win here for the for the Titans. And sorry, I mentioned also that it was a chance to tie the game. It was a chance to win the game for the Jaguars. So they would have broke that losing streak, got the win, and moved on, you know, with a bit more confidence. But very, very, uh, very, very disappointing, I have to say, overall, in uh, Gus Radley's play calling towards the end of this game, even though they did recover that uh, onside kick to give them the chance. But I uh, have to say, just his play calling left a lot to be desired. And in case just anyone's wondering, the play calling in particular that I'm talking about is... They had the ball on third down for uh, the attempt to go for the for the field goal. With twelve seconds left, he didn't go for he didn't try and you know gain a few more yards. So it was a fifty five yard field goal, not the easiest thing in the world. And I, I thought overall, DJ, if he had maybe got another five ten yards, makes it a bit more manageable. Not as much pressure on the on the kicker, and you know they might have a better chance. So really, that's what the, the real in particular one I was getting at. New England Patriots come travel to Buffalo. Yeah, DJ, I'm sure this is a. I'm sure this is a game, DJ. You're not too interested in talking about. We'll just skip over, do I? Yeah, Colin, sure. <laughs> Thirty-seven, twenty-two victory here, Colin, for the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. Tom Brady, another impressive game, Colin. I think when we spoke on the Week Six preview show, I think we both thought it would be a narrow victory for the Patriots. I certainly didn't think it would be by over two touchdowns, but. Quite impressive performance for the Patriots. Major blows with Gerard Mayo and Stephen Ridley looking to be out for long periods of time, if not the rest of the season. Yeah, it looks like the rest of the season, DJ, possibly and Dan Connolly of the offensive line, which has had a lot of changes going on there with the, the issues in protecting Tom Brady. Also got an injury, maybe not as long off an injury, but uh, very, very, uh, very, very disappointing for the Patriots. Take the positives, DJ. I'm sure that's what you want to listen to. And uh, obviously, Tom Brady backed up his game against Cincinnati, 297 yards in the second half alone, scoring every second half possession they had. So that has to be positive. You have Brian Timms, DJ, a player who I've been asking you off the podcast. We haven't mentioned him on the podcast about you know there was talk of him not being active the week before, and he's only a rookie. They're trying to get him. They were going to activate him. I was asking you a little bit about him, and uh, obviously they had a, had a big touchdown catch in this here. I think it was his first catch in the NFL, was it, DJ? And it uh, went for a long touchdown. So very impressed, DJ, in particular in this game as well, with Branton LaFell and his performance. I uh, thought he was very, very good, and he's a player that wasn't talked about as much before the start of the season, but a very, very nice performance from him here. And obviously, DJ, we ta- I talked myself to uh, Russ Goldman on the on the preview podcast, and he was talking about Darrell Revis and how he played against Cincinnati, but Revis Island looks to be looks to be back, and they're they're playing a lot more man coverage with him in particular. And he was on Sammy Watkins, the rookie from Buffalo. He ended up with only two catches for twenty seven yards. So Revis had another another fine day there for the New England Patriots. But 
the Bills DJ are a team that I'm struggling to figure out overall. Um, you know, the weeks I think they're going to win, they're losing. The weeks I think they're going to lose, they're winning. So overall, uh, hard to figure out. But the Patriots look now to be getting a little bit of control in that division as well with the Dolphins obviously losing to the Packers. And obviously, yeah, Colin, you... we might mention the Jets now in a few moments, but um, I don't know if they're going to be classed as any sort of contention for that division at the moment. Yeah, Colin, you mentioned Brian Timms out of the rookie. I'm sure a lot of NFL players would like to have his average number of yards per catch. <laughs> he has an average of 43. That's given the fact that he has one reception for 43 yards. So that was his only reception of the game as well? Yeah, only <laughs> one reception for the Patriots so far, and that's a 43-yard touchdown. So I'm sure he'll be hoping he can keep up that kind of record. Now it's going to be difficult for him, but we can always hope. Chicago Bears column, 27-13 victory against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is one DJ that we were talking about money earlier. I had the Falcons picked in this game and lost out in this one. But um, overall, DJ, the Bears done the job on them. You know, the defense obviously has to be talked about, but the Falcons isn't good. Eli Bookshaver put up a piece yesterday on the site and he was talking about the Cowboys versus the Falcons. That was before the two games took place. Obviously, the Cowboys defense had a good game yesterday, which he was talking about in his piece. And then the Falcons having a terrible defense, which was evident yesterday as well. So nice piece there by Eli. And be sure and check that out in OvertimeIreland.com. Shameless plug time. But the Bears need to get the job done here. Cutler, as much as I criticize him at times, uh, had, a, had a quite a good game here. Overall, got the job done. Forte with another nice game for him. No turnovers, obviously, for Cutler, and turnovers is a big problem for the Bears in the games they lose. So if they win that turnover battle, likely that they're going to win the games. Matt Ryan is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the NFL, but with the pieces around him, with the problems on the offensive line, he's just uh, he's getting hammered behind it. He's not really having a chance to play at all. And a number of drops in this DJ, seven drop passes. I have Matt Ryan as a, my fantasy quarterback, and this was uh, infuriating to watch as well just the uh, drops but I think it was down to the physical presence that the the Bears put in early in this game a number of big hits from the Bears really connecting with the wide receivers and I think then they were second guessing themselves going over the middle to catch the ball and I think uh, it had a real effect later in the game so there's not much Matt Ryan can do if he's throwing the ball to his receivers those seven in particular which were dropped so uh, issues there for for the Falcons that need to be rectified because at home they're definitely a better team than they are on the road and just at home this week did not look good at all so they need to get the, the offensive line sorted, and that is their main thing to get sorted. They're talking hard knocks about wanting to be a tough team, wanting to show their strength, and obviously they're not showing all that much strength at the moment. They're not showing their toughness, which was a, a big a big claim they were making in that hard knock show. So anyone that watches hard knocks will uh, be wondering where the toughness is, and maybe it's with all the injured defensive linemen that aren't able to play at the moment. But tough loss here for the Falcons, DJ, who we're going to be watching in two weeks' time at Wembley Stadium. So... Hopefully they'll be putting up more than 13 points there because we're hoping for a, for a high-scoring game, an entertaining game, hopefully. But more to talk about than that in the upcoming weeks. But uh, all the all the spoils going to the Bears here, which proves how much of an important win it ended up being for the Packers yesterday as well with the Bears winning. And in the next game, DJ talking, the Detroit Lions winning. My timing for these here has been one game out each and every time today, whatever I am whatever I am doing. But uh, we'll go on to that game in a second. You mentioned DJ Tim's having one catch for the touchdown. Player DJ who had another touchdown in this was Antoine Smith off the Atlanta Falcons. There's been a lot of flash plays of him over the last few weeks. Uh, some of the people might have seen him playing. It's been 
people talking about maybe picking him up in fantasy teams, but he's not getting a lot off the ball, but the, the touches he's getting have been spectacular. I think he's had five touchdowns nowadays in his NFL career, and they've all been from more than 32 yards. I think it was the figure I heard after he scored that one yesterday. That's just one now. Don't quote me on it. It's one I'm taking off the top of my head from watching the games yesterday. But a really explosive player, really fast. But I don't know if he's ever going to make it as a, a running back, but a, as a receiver, out of the, you know, on screen passes, not he's extremely quick and extremely versatile in that, in that sort of position. So maybe he's learned a few things there from Devin Hester, but we'll see how he does in the coming weeks and uh, we'll see if the Atlanta Falcons can improve. But a big one here for the Bears. Big victory for the Detroit Lions, 17 3 against the Minnesota Vikings. Teddy Bridgewater was almost shut out in this game, but the Vikings got a fin goal, so they got some points on the board. Yeah, DJ, not a good performance here by the Vikings. Uh, they were favourited in this match to win the game, actually, and uh, the Lions obviously no Calvin Johnson. Very, very disappointing here from the Vikings. Only that field goal, second start in his career for Teddy Bridgewater. Overall, they had no time. A lot of it wasn't down to Bridgewater. The only three points, the offensive line got really dominated by the defense off the Lions. We've seen what they've done to the Packers. We've seen what they've done in a number of games. Arguably the best defense in the NFL at the moment. So three points being given up here. You know, a lot of the players for them talking about, you know, they can be historically good. So there's a lot of confidence there from them too. Ezekiel Ansa had two and a half sacks in this game, three tackles for a loss, three quarterback hits. So he's starting to get up there, DJ, um, maybe into JJ Watt territory if he keeps this up. But big, big game from him. Big, big game from a lot of the players actually on this defensive unit for, for the Detroit Lions and really, really dominated the Vikings. Not much more to say about it other than, you know, not as much done on offense, DJ, as you maybe would expect in this game for the Lions with Calvin Johnson being out. They were 1-13 for third down conversions, and last week they were 1-11 for 11 on third down conversions. So struggling on third down, but you know you expect that with your key piece of weaponry and Calvin Johnson out. So, uh, you know, there's Matthew Stafford, not a great game for him. Took a couple of bad sacks in Vikings territory, and uh, their offensive line's an issue. So obviously they're having great work with the defense. The offense is a little bit of work in progress, but I think as the season goes on, that'll probably... probably uh, all knit in together good for the Detroit Lions and as a Packers fan uh, they're they're the team that I'm really concerned about in that division and obviously they've bet the Packers once this season so we'll see who wins that second game in Lambeau Field but the Lions uh, looking really really strong so far Yeah, It's interesting to see on Monday that Lions coach Jim Caldwell didn't rule out sitting his star wide receiver Calvin Johnson against the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons yeah DJ before uh, we started recording I read that online and uh, wasn't something the only reason it's bothering me in any format is that he was my first round pick in our money league this year took him sixth overall was expecting big things had a big week one against the Giants and since that has been a complete and utter dud so the only reason that I have any faith or any support in any part of the Detroit Lions, and I'm ashamed to say it, and that is down to the fact that I'm hoping that I win a fantasy league this year with the help of Calvin Johnson. But DJ, I was surprised now that the talk, obviously the bye week, week nine for them coming back from London. I'm surprised that they're saying that they're going to sit him out that long. I, I, I do think he'll be back this week. They needed to sit him out last week. They, they probably should have sat, or this week, sorry. They should have sat him out against the, the Jets as well, I think. And, you know, he was playing with that injury and it just wasn't going to get better. So we'll see how he recovers during the week. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the injury report, when he practices and so on, and see uh, if he's starting to line up for week seven. But I thought for certain, DJ would see him in Wembley Stadium week eight. But 
I guess maybe they'll think that bye week give him another two weeks to, to rest up and recuperate. So we'll see we'll see what happens. But maybe it's all a smokescreen. Maybe they know that he's recovering well. Maybe he knows that he's starting to get better. And maybe he knows that they're definitely going to start him in week seven. Who knows? Maybe it's just a smokescreen by the team. Or maybe they are going to set him out. We'll see. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that all on Friday's podcast. But I know there'll be a lot of Detroit Lions fans who follow us on Twitter in particular. And, of course, any neutral fans going to the game that will want to see one of the best wide receivers, in my opinion, and in the majority of people's opinion, ever to play the game. Arguably the best at the moment. I know you can argue about anything, but arguably the best at the moment. Uh, Calvin Johnson, a lot of people want to see him playing in Wembley Stadium. So we'll see what happens, DJ, and uh, we'll keep a close eye on that. The next game wasn't really a surprise, Colin. The Denver Broncos getting a 31-17 victory against the New York Jets, the only thing I think we got wrong on last week's podcast was that I predicted Peyton Manning would probably break Brett Favre's record in this game, but hmm. unfortunately he didn't. He only got three touchdowns. Yeah, he's a good game here from Manning, and DJ took it easy. I think he could have got more if he wanted, but a very, very impressive game. 506 touchdown passes, you mentioned, just two behind Favre, and you know, it's whether it's next week, whether it's the week after, it's only a matter of time before it happens. They have Sunday night football, DJ, coming up next week, prime time against the 49ers. You could do it then. We'll be previewing that game on Friday's podcast. Shameless plug yet again. But uh, he's, uh, <laughs> the one thing when you're watching, DJ, his placement and ball timing is very good, but he's also still throwing a couple of them wobbly balls, ducks as they're called, when they you know dip all of a sudden straight into the ground. So there is that issue too, but you know when you're, Peyton Manning the way you're playing at the moment. I think you can afford a few of them from time to time. Geno Smith, two touchdowns in this game. They were competitive, DJ. It wasn't until his pick six by your old pal from the Patriots, Akeem Tlaib, now with the Broncos, got that pick six late in the fourth quarter. That really killed the game off as a contest. But up until that, DJ, it wasn't as one-sided as the score suggests. It was a lot more competitive, but I think overall the Broncos always had this one in control. Julius Thomas, DJ, the big man there playing tight end for them. Have to say now, wait till you hear this. Two more touchdowns in this game. He has how many? Three, five games, have a guess? Six. Yeah, add three more to that, DJ. He has nine touchdowns through five games. And after after he scored his second one, DJ, he shouted out, It's too easy. So that's confidence from the big man there. Got his second touchdown, beating Calvin Pryor. And uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable that he actually shouted that out. But I have to say, he's playing with confidence. If he's getting nearly two touchdowns a game, has to be a confident man. And he's really, really playing some superb stuff. And if he keeps this record going, DJ, Randy Moss has the all-time record of 23 touchdowns in a season. Looks like he could challenge that this year. But also, coming up, DJ, in a contract year, it'll be interesting to see what he commands this offseason season. John Elway should have maybe signed him up last year maybe uh, I think there'll be a big a big rush to get him signed up now and uh, if he hits the free agent market God knows what he'll get he could be in line for some mega bucks column if he does hit the free agent market yeah and I, I'll just probably make this as simple as possible similar to Graham when he was franchise tagged the whole thing was going on with him this offseason and then he got his contract let's just say Julius Thomas is not hitting the free agent market and <laughs> I think he'll be in Denver for quite some time for the second week in a row, column, a team from New York shot out. Bum, bum. This actually was a bit of a surprise. 27 to 0 win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Thought the Eagles would get the win here, but certainly didn't think that the New York Giants would be shot out in this game, Colin. Yeah, DJ, and uh, people are going to start to think I have a serious problem now, but another game that I had money on, another game I lost on, I had the Giants here to win this game. Backed them outright to win this game, so. 
Uh, maybe I need to uh, reevaluate my decision making as it comes to picking games. And I had a terrible week this week on picks in general, just uh, even on our preview show. But the Eagles here, DJ, really started to find a little bit of a groove. They had LaShawn McCoy getting his kind of first big game of the season for me at seven yards per carry, roughly on average. And I hit 144 yards from the line of scrimmage. So, and that there was actually eight more than the, the New York Giants offense got in total. So good game there for him. The offensive line looked a little bit better for them. A lot of people be just blaming him for it, but you have to look at the old lines. A lot of the times, DJ, that there's the difference in the quarterback plays, the running plays. If they're getting no time, no gaps, they're not going to play very well. So good game for him here. The Giants, DJ, have to say, was bitterly disappointed. But they started to look like they were starting to really get things going. And, you know, there's a lot of nice pieces there. But the big blow here, DJ, they lost. Obviously, they were shut out. But the big injury to Victor Cruz tearing his patel tent and his season's over. It's just, uh, it's actually very, very disappointing. Even talking about it, he's a player, DJ, that as an undrafted rookie coming into the league. And he had such a good start, won those Super Bowls. You have to feel sorry for him. And... Uh, that's him out for the out for the season. He, he looked bitterly disappointed. He broke down in tears as he's been carried off. So very very disappointed. Uh, very very disappointing as well. And their backup receiver Jarrell Jennigan also is probably done for the season. So tough tough times there. Odell Beckham and Ruben Randall are really going to have to step up and take some of that. Obviously Danell as well is going to have to take a bit more off off the ball. He obviously the big game against the Redskins and you know he hasn't been doing as much since. So we'll see what happens there in New York but very very disappointing here. The Philadelphia Eagles starting to get the ball rolling a bit but Darren Sproles then had an injury in the third quarter and you know partially torn ACL is, uh, is the latest news on that as we record. So looks like he's going to miss a, miss a few weeks now. It looks like a two to three week injury. So Fortunately for him, he's not out for the whole season, but disappointing as well for for the Eagles. So, big win for them. People were talking about they were 4-1 and one and they were kind of phony or whatever. You know, they were getting lucky wins and that, but statement performance here on Sunday Night Football from the Philadelphia Eagles. And DJ performance here now that uh, wasn't too much of a statement performance. That's the one off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, yet again, this guy had backed them plus 3.5 points. Did they get within 3.5 points off the Baltimore Ravens, DJ? Well, they did call him for the first five seconds, game, maybe. Was it? Yeah, when it was before kickoff, they were within three and a half points, I think. So te- technically, you were quite close at one point during the game, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Don't Flacco kind of blew your bet away fairly quick. Yeah, it doesn't look easy if uh, if the game hasn't started, and that's the best, the closest you come to winning the bet. Uh, it's not not the best sign. Joe Flacco, DJ, on ridiculous form here in the first half, five touchdowns. Faster than any quarterback since the merger in 1970. So, very, very impressive day from him. They took it handy then, kind of after that. They didn't really need to do a whole wild pile after it. A lot of running the ball, a lot of just, you know, passing time, trying to get the game over and done with. So, a 48-17 win here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, DJ, bitterly disappointing performance from them. Torrey Smith starting to show a little bit of, you know, turning up at two touchdowns here. Had been quiet for quite some time at the start of the season. Last week had a touchdown, this week two touchdowns. So starting to get a little bit of the ball, starting to look a bit more positive there for Tory Smith. Baltimore Ravens look very good on defense yet again, and they're starting to get more turnovers, force more turnovers. They lost last week to the Colts in a game that I thought that they would have done better in, but overall, uh, you know, the culture goes going quite well as well. So the Baltimore Ravens here look like the most complete team in the league, possibly at the moment. They're going well on defense and offense, both ranked quite high up there in the in the top five, top ten off the off those rankings. So overall, DJ, a, a very, very good one here. Gary Kubiak, who was the Texans coach last year, looks to be getting, a, you know, a nice scheme fit here together for Joe Flacco and company. So nice performance there by them and a, a big, big win on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, the Buccaneers are going to have to 
sit back now Bioweek coming up for them they're going to have to sit back and kind of try and reevaluate and see where things go Lovie Smith isn't happy overall with how the teams play and he was saying that they didn't show enough talent they're not playing as well as they need to be playing so see what happens in this bye week and uh, you know that first half was one of the most terrible performances I've ever seen by an NFL team so we'll see what happens here and uh, we'll see what they do coming out of that bye in two weeks time but big one for the Baltimore Ravens on the road as I mentioned that's all the games DJ wrapped up in our recap outside of Monday Night Football is obviously coming up we're recording this on Monday evening that's going to see the St. Louis Rams and the 49ers collide Let's go, DJ, and have a little bit of a score prediction on this. I think, overall, I talked about Austin Davis uh, on last week's show. I thought he had a good game against the Eagles. I think he can throw the ball. He's oh, that's a stupid. He's obviously can throw the ball. He's he's a quarterback. It'd be bad. Yeah, well, Colin, not all quarterbacks seem to know how to throw the ball this last few weeks. Yeah, well, that's true as well, DJ. But I think overall, and I, I like the the defense there. They're, they haven't shown what they did, DJ, last season. They haven't been as strong, you know, as the, as they were. And I think overall, I think the 49ers are going to squeak this game. I think they, they need a win after, you know, with Seattle losing. They can take advantage of that. Obviously, the Rams are in the same division. But I think if you're looking at who's going to win the division, I think you're really looking at between the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. 49ers got a close win last week against the Chiefs at home. And I think this is a game where they, they need the win. I think they're going to get the win. And uh, I think it'll be overall a close enough game. I'm going to give it 27-20 win to the 49ers. I'm going to go 32-18 column, 49ers victory here. So, DJ, you're going for a bit of a, an annihilation of the Rams here by the 49ers? I'm giving the Rams 18 points, I think, with the players that they're missing. I think Frank Gore could have a field day. Yeah, I know that here you're hoping, because of that money league game too, that you have uh, Gore, you're hoping him to get a few scores. So I can see your reasoning there, but I think uh, going on team's form and that I think mine might be closer to the prediction but uh, the way my things are going DJ recently I could be a well well out on that one as well just when we're on the 49ers very interesting piece done by the 49ers and some of the 49ers fans from the UK and if you I'm not too sure I retweeted the link at the time DJ I'm not too sure the actual link to go to but if you google UK 49ers uh, video or documentary maybe you'll see it it's about a 20 minute long piece done on the the fans there, some of the 49ers fans in the UK by the 49ers, a very interesting piece watched it and I uh, have to say well worth a read and any of, the, any of the people that know that link do tweet it to us and uh, I'll get it retweeted so you can have a look off it uh, I thought it was very interesting just when we are on that point Competition time with OTI DJ heard the, the theme there for the competition time, obviously we give away another t-shirt this week, an OTI t-shirt for whoever guessed the closest to the correct score and that's Seahawks versus the Dallas Cowboys game not too many people went with the Cowboys. In fact, I think it was only three people picked a Cowboys win. Brett Loveday was one of the people, obviously, he's a Cowboys fan. You'll never guess. He actually didn't win it. Sorry, Brett, if I got your hopes up there. Didn't win the competition. Actually, he already has an Overtime Ireland t-shirt as well. But he picked 48-2. And it's actually amazing that that was the third closest to the correct score for a Dallas Cowboys win. So, obviously, that wasn't the correct score. Closest to the correct score was 24-17, which is still 12 points in total out. But... Dun, dun, dun. The winner was Steve Turton. He's on Twitter at Mr. Steve T. He's from Nottingham, and guess what? He's also a Dallas Cowboys fan. So the only people I think DJ were picking Dallas Cowboys wins here were the Cowboys fans in the UK. I'm sure the Cowboys fans as well, DJ, in America were picking it too, but in our competition in general, I'm saying there was a lot of wins selected for the Seahawks. Out of all the entries, only three came back with Cowboys wins. So very, very uh, good one there for 
the Cowboys and a win there as well for our competition winner. So we'll be in touch. We'll get that t-shirt sent out to you straight away. So thanks again to everyone who entered that competition. Obviously, stay tuned this Sunday. We're doing it every week for the NFL season, giving away an OTI t-shirt for the correct score in one of the second games, or one of the second slate of games, sorry. So very, very uh, interesting to see all the different opinions coming in. And somebody obviously has to get closest. Nobody yet has got it spot on, but as we see there, just you have to be closest. DJ, obviously we're riding up to the end of the show. We'll have a preview show coming up this Thursday, late night Thursday, early Friday morning. But be sure and sign up via subscription, which is free, as we are doing this for free for you. Check out the latest podcast, which will come on Friday. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to us on. Spread the word. Keep spreading the word. Over 2,900 followers now on Twitter. So we're hoping to get up around the 3,000 mark, hopefully before we go to Wembley in two weeks. But maybe that's pushing it a little bit. But keep spreading the word. We'll be looking forward. Any of you going to Wembley, be sure and give us a tweet. We'll try and meet up if we can when we head over there. Looking forward to getting to that game. So DJ, until we come back later in the week with another podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you spread the word of Overtime Ireland. And make sure you come back. And my name's Colin. My name's DJ. And have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.